Hello listeners, quick heads up before you dig into this week's show. Uh, the audio this week is not up to our usual standards. Um, that's because it's an on-location conversation I had with the fabulous Duncan Gammon from Silverpan Film Labs. Um, and we had it at his new shop, um, which unfortunately is right next to a busy street. And also, because of the everything, we were both sitting quite a long way away from the microphone and, of course, each other. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not the best audio quality, but it's OK. It's perfectly listenable, I think. And it was a really fun conversation. So I hope you will stick with it. Um, anyway, enjoy, everyone. <laughs> to an out and about episode of the 2016 podcast. Uh, I'm your roving reporter today. Great, it's me. You probably guessed that already. And I am in Bristol. I can't see back. I've got to see all the I'm too far away from the mic. It's going to be a real professional show here. Yeah. I am at the shiny new location of Silverpan Labs with one of our favourite people, Duncan Gammon. Duncan, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, it's always great. <laughs> we're sat here at a nice socially distanced yes. space in very comfy chair. Shouting over the top of the microphone. <laughs> so yeah, if the audio quality is a bit weird, that's why. Um, but yeah, I was passing Bristol today and I dropped you a line and said, can I come and see you? So you very kindly have stayed here quite late. It is quite late. Um, although as a small businessman, do you frequently find yourself here quite late anyway? Yes, <laughs> definitely. But... Um, Luckily, less so than when it used to be in my house, where is there was there was no off basically, yeah. so it was work all the time. So it's quite nice now that uh, work has a separate space to own. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, you were saying when we chat before that the space you were working in before was similar in size, if not slightly smaller than my dark shed. Yeah. <laughs> Which yes, I think so. Can't have been much fun. No, but you know it was. It, it it did the job. It, it got you started. It did, it did the job. Um, yes, and, and now the uh, now the old darkroom has now, has now got my Hammond organ in. So, yeah. Um, so, so all is not lost. <laughs> it's now the music room. That's good. That's what that is a good use for the space. So um, you've been here now for a couple of months. Oh, just no, just this month. Just it's, this we've month. Reopened on yeah on the first of August this month. Um, took a month off to set it up in July and then yeah, reopened on the 1st. So, so I don't know Bristol at all. For people who might know Bristol, whereabouts are we in Bristol? We're on the um, outskirts of St George and Kingswood in East Bristol. Which is a nice end of town, that's what oh, I yeah. think. <laughs> it is now. And it's a proper shop. Well, I mean, it's not a proper shop in there. You're not selling anything. But, you know, you've got... You've got shop windows. People can call yeah. by and drop off their film. They can, yes. It's very nice. I mean, yes, it's good. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice big space as well. Yeah, that, that's really made the difference. Um, like I say, it's, it's, mu- it's much bigger than before. And as we've probably come on to, it's, it's made the biggest difference in that I can now employ some help, which obviously in these weird times of corona... Um, well, and, and normal times, really. It wasn't really appropriate to invite people into my house. To work. <laughs> into your tiny, uh, tiny space. Yeah, so, it's, so that's made, you know, masses of difference. 
yeah, yeah. I can I, I mean, you were saying that when the um, the lockdown started off, um, you you fortunately were still very busy. Um, I can't imagine what that must have been like. They're being trapped in a small space. <laughs> Hour after hour after hour, every day having nowhere else to go, having no escape. You can't go anywhere. Stay here. Um, well, no, you just have imagined it. <laughs> All right, okay. Your frantic tone in your voice sums it up quite nicely. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't a good couple of months then. Oh well, no, it was. You know, and, and let's let's be honest. You know, I I, I cannot complain whatsoever um, because everyone in the community kept me going, and um, which was really important. Um, I, I, th- I think um, you know because I was working on my own at home I was able to continue whereas obviously sadly a lot of the other labs you know had furlough staff or or were, weren't able to continue as as they were mm. um, but I mean the upshot of that was that I, I did actually get a lot more trade than I was expecting um, you know which was excellent um, but the downside was that it was only me working there and so yeah. You know, I was working fourteen-hour days at one point with uh, and no weekends, so <laughs> so something had to change basically. So we should do before you go too much further, because I got quite rightly so. I got uh, a message from somebody on Instagram last week saying this was after we had Hamish on talking about the Pixelator. Oh yes, and um, he said I listened to the show. Uh, I had no idea who this person is, or I mean, you might have known who Hamish was, but did not know what we were talking about, mm. and I didn't we didn't come on to what the pixelator was until about 20 minutes in. So to make sure I don't make the same mistake, two <laughs> weeks in a row, tell us what Silver Pan Labs is. Okay. Well, we're, um, we're a small boutique, if you like, um, photographic <laughs> lab. <laughs> and my aim, when I, when I saw, it's been running now for about two and a half years. Um, I went, it was just, just me on my own, and I went full-time about 14 months ago um, and basically my aim for the lab was that I wanted to do all of the processes because I mean so many labs you know will concentrate on on the big C41 and black and white you know big mini labs operations which is great no issue with that but I wanted to offer you know I wanted to offer E6 I wanted to offer black and white slides ECN2 cinema film and um I wanted to do it all with a personal touch, um, so I wanted to give people choice of developer, I wanted to give people choice of scanning type of, of um, how they like their scans, and ba- I basically wanted to build a business model that was just uh, offer people what they wanted, or what I called your film, your way. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that's, that was my aim setting up the lab, so it's, it's all based on using small equipment and personal personal touch and everything is basically done by hand so for instance my my developing machines are, are the small automated jobos instead of like the big huge mini lab or mm-hmm. dip and dunk machines yeah how many different processes are you now doing here oh you can ask me the figure <laughs> and well, you can list well, them I can list them <laughs> obviously to be honest, the number alone would be not much yes. use <laughs> C41, black and white negative um, with a variety of different developers that you can pick off the site. Um, E6, 
I do black and white slides, um, so like the, the ADOX scaler or the foamer pan. Can, actually, before you move on, can we talk about these black and white slides? Yes. Um, yes. Actually, finish the list, okay. then we'll come back to it. And, and the other one... Let's opinion it. <laughs> and the other one, um, cinema film, so, but cinema film re-rolled for camera use. Yeah. So the, what they call the ECN2, the, like the Kodak Vision films that have got the REM jet on. So Cool. So pretty much that. anything, any pretty process anything. that there is, there doesn't sound like there's anything that you're not able the, to do. The only thing I currently don't do, and I do all formats, apart from um, I don't do sheet film at the moment. Mm-hmm. <coughs> My machines can take sheet film, um, but uh, I've basically, I've never never shot large format myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't have the expertise to handle it to start, you know, to start taking in customers' films sure. before I'm proficient in developing it. So yeah. that's that's one for the future, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've grown so much just in the... Because, again, what, when was it you started not working solely? Cause, but it's, it's not it been was, that long. No, it wasn't. It was the end of 2018. I think it was probably around November 2018. Um, I got my first machine, the film mat, the, the little machine. Mm. Um, and I stopped, yeah, and I, I, probably, I probably took my first customer's film in around February 2019. I think, yeah. Or 2018. Yeah. So yeah. Three years. I know we were chatting last year at the photography show um, and you were talking then about the fact that you were planning on going solo with this. And the, and, yeah. And... It was a big step to make. It felt like a big step for me. It's, you know, because going self-employed with anything, yes. and especially something that feels the industry is, is growing, but it's not as if it's like, oh yes, film the next big thing. No, no, of course not. No. Um, but clearly, the fact that you're now you've got a little shop. It's yeah. not that little. It's, 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 nice. a, it's well, it's on the corner. It's in a nice location. It's yeah. on. <coughs> it's it's on, on a on major crossroads. Line. It is on a major crossroads. So, I suspect the listeners may have picked up on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's um, fancy work we've got going in the background. <laughs> this is all being recorded on Skype, but we made some very convincing phony. Get the jackhammer out! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a lovely space here, and you're employing people as well. Yes. Now. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's been a real change for me. Um, but I've been very lucky um, in. That you know, this happened just at the right time. Um, with you know, I, I had several friends who were proficient in the photography industry and who were looking for work, um, mm-hmm. and so it seemed just I it was ideal, really. Yeah. So, <coughs> sorry, cut that out. <laughs> no, not Corona. Oh, no, now you named Corona all over our recording. <laughs> that is genuinely just a, a frog in my throat. Um, Yes, so so I've I've, ta- I've taken on some stuff. So there's Kat, um, who had just started working for me before lockdown, actually, and she's you know she's got such an excellent head on for um, for business and for sorting things out, which probably isn't my strength really. So <laughs> so she she has you know revolutionised the way um, that we sort out orders coming into the mm-hmm. lab. And you know the database work and and finding out you know what do we need to do today you know mm-hmm. on the spreadsheets and, yeah. and also dealing with all of the posts and sending the post out so that's been invaluable 
taking that load off me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Kat, so Kat was working for a while, and so she's she's come back now. And then we've got Justine. Um, now Justine, um, about what 20, 20 years ago or so, was was a freelance photographer and worked in Spain. And she did work uh, for a brief time in a lab in Spain and do freelance work. <clears throat> I think she worked um, as a wedding photographer. Uh, so much like Rachel now, but mm-hmm. she was telling me these these wonderful stories of the way they used to do it, <laughs> which was they would have these big weddings in Spain where it was all in in say a big venue, and there'd be eight or nine weddings going on at the same time in like in like a you know a, a big hall or so, and so she would rush around uh, taking the pictures of all the weddings. They she mainly did the informal kind of after ceremony photographs and then they would disappear they would go and take it to the mini lab frantically develop all of these films get the contact sheets done um, and then <laughs> come back later when, when all the guests are drunk and flog them the photos live there a couple of hours later so look here, here you are and she would, so it's fantastic you know I thought oh that's a way to make money yeah <laughs> but, these, but these days with digital, water, you know, and you think then they were rushing to like put it all, feed it through, get it developed, yeah. dried, printed, in order to take back a couple hours later. So yeah, that 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 um, that's Justine's background, and she's recently come back to film. Obviously, she hadn't she hadn't shot film for like she said for about twenty years, um, and we just yeah, she's uh, come back to it with a vengeance, which is excellent. Yeah. And then my other employee is Louise, and she's been a professional photographer all her life, um, and she's just yeah just recently come back to work and was looking for work, and she's got a a long career in in all sorts of professional photography. Um, recently, she's been doing a lot of product photography for companies, um, and her partner Joby actually did my I don't know if you see my. Um, video that's on the website, which was in the in the old lab. No, the, oh, the little promo video. So Joby put that together mm-hmm. for me. So it's like I say, it's, it's all very much a, a family and friends cottage industry. Oh, good. Um, so so Louise is is really going to be helping out um, with a lot of the post processing work, of which there is a lot, um, and also running developing and mm. developing and scanning here as well. So it's great. So. Roughly, I know you're afraid of numbers. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> roughly, how many films are you develop? How many films are you processing a day, roughly, at the moment? Um, roughly, at the moment, we're getting through probably about eighteen to twenty developed per mm-hmm. day. Um, it's run currently running, uh, getting around two hundred and sixty, two hundred and eighty a month. Currently, that's really good. Um, which is good. Which is which is about the right level. That pays all pays all the bills. Pays you know pays for the staff. Pays for the rent on the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, can make a living out of it. So so that's that's about the right level. Um, and the hope is that with you know with these extra um, staff helping me, that we can also get the turnaround down a bit lower than it has been in the past. Because that's. That's always been the thing that I've struggled with working on my own. Yeah, you know, I, I and I still won't be able to. I'm I'm not not in the business of trying to compete with with the big no. commercial labs with three day turnaround. Even with people working for me, it's 
I want to concentrate on like the personal service and the, everything done by hand. Yes, exactly. Well, as you said, you you can't compete on the rapid turnaround, but if people want things done the way they want them done, yes. they can come to you and get that. Um, so uh, let's talk about, so what is the process? You get uh, a film dropped through your letterbox or your fancy outdoor letterbox, sorry, yeah. for people who post it. Um, so talk me through, because then tell me, because you've got quite a lot of cool machines here. So what are we yeah. looking at here? What happens when the film comes in? Okay, so, so people order online. So I'm a, like an online only lab, really. Um, so they order and pay online. Um, send in the film with the, there's a free post label um, that you can download um, so postage is free um, to get your film here and then it usually arrives well usually arrives next day um, with first class free post and then yeah the postman brings it we open all the envelopes we log it into a big database uh, give it a, you know a turnaround time um, fill in all your scanning preferences or your film type, your developer preferences. So that, that takes quite a, quite a substantial chunk of the day, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I want to automate and get a bit quicker is, is just the, the admin side of it. Yeah. And then day to day, we will put aside then what films need to be done today in different baskets um, uh, for different processes. So we will probably we'll do C41 throughout the day in one machine. And then we'll run, probably run black and white or e, um, E6 as well. Tend to run E6 um, pro- usually once a week along with ECM2 because there's less of it and it's a more time-consuming process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, C41 black and white we run every day. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> we, we run it in these machines here. So, so what are these machines? They've they got some... I mean, I, I love the look of it. There's a film on that. It's just a film on that, yeah. It's a very cool looking machine. Yeah. And I know you talked about it a bit before when you were on, but now that I can actually see it. Talk me through what that thing is and what it actually does. Yeah, so that's you know, that's very small scale. So that's what I had when I first started out. Um that model can only actually do two films at a time. Um so it, I normally use that for I use it in particular for ECN two because it can heat up to forty one degrees, which is the temperature you need for, mm-hmm. for that. Um, but it's all customizable, so you can put as long as you're only using three chemical baths, so it's so it's good for, for certain things and not as good for others. But yeah, it's it's, it's basically programmable um, in entirety, so you can program your length of developer, your length of any of the baths, and your temperature, and load it up and, and set it going. So I tend to do in that the more weird stuff. So I do, for instance, black and white slides quite often get done in that machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, the ECM2. Um, so that's quite a modern machine that's hand built um, by a guy called Lucas Fritz in Germany. And mm-hmm. um, he's, he's a just an amazing whiz kid, really. And he, yeah. he build, builds all sorts of weird and wonderful machines. I think he's made like an espresso maker machine as well and all sorts can you pull that on the side you yeah you can it's, it's, that, it's that sort of design as well it's a very <laughs> elegant design um, but yeah but that, that's that's for, for small specialist things really my workhorses are these these two machines here mm-hmm. um, which were built built in probably the early 90s and still going strong which are the Jobo Auto Labs mm-hmm. um, so these are the smaller Auto Labs that Jobo um, built the ATL uh, 1500s and 1000s and they're excellent um, they're not as programmable as the film amount 
um, but they do C41, E6 and any manner of black and white. Yeah. And again, it's just load your tanks, set and go. So and how many ideal. can you do in those at a time? You can do um, up to five at a time mm-hmm. in both of those. So I normally have both of them running in the morning to C41, so you can get 10 done in about an hour and a quarter or so. Yeah. So that's perfect, really, for, for the amount that we've got coming in. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes from there, and then you've obviously got a, a negative drying cabinet down the end there. Yeah, um, so I'm so pleased that that was... The, the first thing I bought when I moved in into the lab, I did have one that I you might have seen on uh, Hamish's video uh, that we, I did on uh, 35 NMC. Mm. I did have like a cherry root cabinet that I built myself out of an IKEA cabinet and a and a filter and a fan. It wasn't really cutting the mustard. No. So, so that machine is great, and that will dry film from <coughs> from. I'm sopping wet to dry in about 15 minutes. Wow. So that's perfect. Yeah, so that must be, cracking that nut is a large part of the thing of getting the process running quick, because if you're not drying it, if it's going to sit there for an hour... an hour, it's, yes, wasting time. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) the foley artist is just putting in too much effort at the moment. Um, So, uh, film's dried, what's the next step from that then? Um, so the, oh, so I probably missed, missed the uh, missed the point where so we load the film. So that's the other great thing, is before um, in the dark shed that I had, um, I never actually even got round to properly blacking out all the surfaces. And you know, I, I had a poor old enlarger there that was waiting to be used for three years and never mm-hmm. used. Uh, now I've got a proper dark room at the back. Oh, that's um, gonna look that so, so I can finally set up the enlarger when I want to but also importantly I can no longer have to load every film inside the dark bag mm-hmm. so I think over the past year I've calculated I must have loaded about 3,000 films in a sweaty dark bag and it's so nice to not have to do that anymore <laughs> I have to be honest um, that sounds to me like the kind of punishment that the Greek gods would inflict yes. on somebody that's like yeah. Sisyphus pushing a rock up the hill I can't I can't imagine anything worse than that. So I've now got a table in the dark, and, fun- oh. and funnily enough, I can download a film in about two minutes yeah. instead of ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. Oh boy, the other yes, three thousand films in the dark bag. I mean, yeah. There's a song in there somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, there is. And I could load 3,000 <laughs> films. No, I think that's far too up. Yeah, I think there is definitely a blue song. Here. <laughs> a country western song that starts with your dog dying and ends up with you loading 3,000 films. Um, well, I'm very glad that. Yeah. Um, but you haven't got your enlarger set up in there yet? No, not yet. Um, just just for time. Just, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I'm itching to do some black and white prints again. Um, You've got a big pile of paper there. Oh yeah, that's ink. No, that's inkjet paper. Oh, that's inkjet paper. Yeah, okay. that's that's all the so prints. Okay, well we'll get we'll go we'll get into the prints. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um. So films dried, and then we go back to the spreadsheet. And so there's two scanners. Um. So so like I say, one of the things is that I want to op- offer, you know, lots of different scanning options at different price points. Um. So we have um a Noritsu scanner here. Um, which <laughs> I'm, push, I'm pushing the wheelie chair towards you because you're quite admired. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I've got the Noritsu scanner there, which um, uh, a very famous friend of the show um, 
help me out with acquiring for a very cheap rate, i.e. free. Because um, <laughs> he, he suddenly realised, I can't even be bothered with this. <laughs> I don't know who we're talking about. I don't about. know, I don't know. I don't know who could be so into photography and yet so lazy when it comes to developing or scanning that. And yet somehow still make the device entirely to scan, which I guess he's probably never used anyway. So. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, that's... that's Amazing! That is amazing. Um, so that's really helped. So, so that can do th- a thirty-five mil film. In that, it can scan in about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I then with every film, nothing's on auto, so I then take that through into Photoshop and post-process and, and tweak yeah. to get as as the customer wants because yeah. that's what I like to do. Um, so for for at the base price point for 35 mil um, that can get done on the Noritsu um, that model in particular only does 35 mil yeah. and APS uh, I don't develop APS <laughs> I can't develop it you can scan it but I can't develop it really well, have you not got that's that makes you do 110 don't you I do 110 but is it is it a moral objection to APS oh well, well obviously that's fair enough that's no fair it's enough. not <laughs> hey listen I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> Disc, oh, do disc. Yeah, yeah, disc. Yeah, fine. No, no, no. no, it's it's the um, it's the you can't get a reel for it mm. because APS was designed to be done in a mini lab. That because it's all it rolls back into the cartridge, yeah. so you'd put it in the mini lab and it would somehow I imagine break open the cartridge, pull it through with the leader card. Um, you can't buy a Jobo reel or a Patson reel that will fit APS. No. I think it's something weird like twenty four millimeters or. Oh no, that's thirty-five mil, isn't it? Width, but it's it's a weird width that's neither one ten, one two seven, or one twenty. It's just a little bit less. I think I was listening to Mike Gutterman from the um, Negative Positives podcast, and, and I think he's seen on this well. And I think he's kind of cut down yeah. a, a thirty-five mil to make a school for it. But yeah, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, and then a lot of that for film that's going to be at best twenty years old. You know, a lot of that for APS. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, APS. Sorry, APS. Not that, sorry. Um, Yeah, so that's machine will do that. And then the other option is um, the FlexType X5, (laughs) which is a beast. (laughs) The FlexType X5. Hasselblad (laughs) FlexType X5. That's a great name. It is, you know. (laughs) It seems it should have GTI on the end. I think. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it sounds like it's what you're working out on when you. <laughs> Where's the piece on the flex type? Pump yeah. in some iron. <laughs> we should see it. It, it, it does cool. weigh about. It weighs about five stone. It looks like it's the solid, monolith solid from 2001. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yes, it really it's does. Great. Um, so that's. I mean, that scanner is amazing. It's amazing. I'm, I, you know, I must say, it's it is the Rolls Royce of scanners. Um, but it's not fast, you know. Um, but the quality you can get out of that is phenomenal. So, what size will that scan? Uh, any, anything up to one, anything up to four five actually. Okay. Do four five on that. So you can do. I do bizarrely, I do one ten on that. So I can't do it on the. Thing. <laughs> so one ten thirty five, um, one twenty any format up to six seventeen, um, and four by five can be scanned on the flex tight. Yeah. Um, but the difference in speed, so that's much, much more hands-on. Um, so you can do a 35mm, 36 exposure in about, well, say two to five minutes on the Noritsu. It would take about 20 minutes on the flex type, and that's just to get it to post-processing stage. Wow. 
Um, okay. So that obviously it costs more to to have your thirty five mil scanned on there, but all one twenty is done on there at the default price. Anyway, oh really? Because I can, that's the only way I can scan one twenty. Okay. So. Yeah, of course. Um, so what kind of size files? So for a thirty five mil shop, how big is an image file going to be from that thing? Um, fully customizable. So right. I can I can do it any. My standard sizes are. Um, will get you roughly like an eight by 12 inch print at 300 dpi so mm-hmm. you know that's all, that's what most labs would say medium to large is like yeah. my standard on that but i've had a customer i don't know um i'm sure you won't mind me naming him um carl bailey i don't know if yeah. you've had you know carl don't you uh, only not i've never met him but um enjoyed his work and yeah yeah, yeah. well he re- he recently I, I did a scan for him on on that they had enlarged to a billboard i've seen the so billboard yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's awesome amazing yeah beautiful color print yeah yeah that's so so uh, well, how big a file size, like how big a file size is you need to to get to well the, the top size on that you know obviously with a billboard you're looking at it from a distance so you're not doing it at 300 dpi yeah. but um a 300 dpi um 35 mil frame off that is about 480 megabytes okay <laughs> huge yeah yeah <laughs> huge file sizes hard drives pretty quickly yeah. um post-processing because you've mentioned that a few times yes so, what are you doing in post-processing because again this is one of those things that uh, it's from the very earliest post-processing is quite a hot button topic when it comes to it is, photography yeah. how do you handle that is that another thing where you get very specific instructions do you have a default way you approach? Is it just case of, well, I think this looks good? <laughs> How do you do it? It is interesting, isn't it? Because it is, everyone has a different take, and mm-hmm. especially with, with colour negative films. Yeah. I mean, I've been seeing quite often uh, topics on Twitter and people saying, oh, how do we know that this actually is portrait? How much do you do? Is this portrait or is this ectar? Mm-hmm. And it, well, it depends on, yes. you know, but it always depended on that because, yeah. you know, in the days of, of um, wet printing colour depends on what colour pack you filter in you know yeah. it's with colour negative it really is movable um, so what I like to do and especially what will maybe what will come on to later um, with certain customers um, is I like to build up a, a conversation with them and, and you find out how they like their images yeah and it's, and it's more or less getting to that point oh I, I know customer X likes her images flat so yeah. you know so you you'll, you'll end up scanning that so it's, it's a conversation with the customer but obviously i'm getting lots of new customers at the moment so my, my basic point is that i make sure that nothing is clipped um you know and, and with with colors you know like I say with color negative there's no such thing as a standard color so mm. it's so I'll, i would just go in and check you know like the great the something grey for a colour balance usually yeah. um, but the main but the but it's the only I only do very minor post-processing I don't do anything major or altering with curves or sharpening I keep my sharpening low um, just because people like to post-process themselves so yeah. it's just getting it in, in getting your file to a, a point where you can start work on it Yeah, and especially using the flex type um, that's got no dust correction on it, whereas the Noritsu has. So the majority of the post-processing is just spotting for dust. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, you can be as scrupulously clean as, as you can, and it yeah. really helps with the yeah. with the drying cabinet. But, you know, 
that machine will show up every little because it's so high resolution yeah. it will show up every spec so it's just going in photoshop and just cloning the dust out usually so my, my hopes of going to you to solve my dust space woes <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean get what you're saying particularly with the color stuff uh, i remember years ago i mean color's difficult enough to try and go well if you want the, these colors supposed to but cross-process stuff do you mm. do cross-processing I'm i do yeah of course yeah how do you because who knows what that's supposed to be i had um i this was before i this is early on and i sent for all of um uh, slide film and asked it to be cross-processed and it came back and the pic the, and I got some prints with it at the time yes. and the prints were kind of this crazy orange mm. like, okay that's weird and I scanned the pictures in myself as well because I wanted to hire I didn't have scans of them and so I scanned the next in and the scans were completely different yes um, how how do you handle that well no that, this is really interesting I'm, yeah I'm glad you got into cross-processing it's because Sandeep's just on the show, show with um, Analog Wonderland, doesn't he? Oh, Say no to yeah, Expo. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no. I'm... Yeah, that's great. Um, but now, see, historically, what people, you know, especially all through the 70s, it was a trick that photographers um, used to get a bit more speed out of E6 film. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're like doing a low-light console or whatever, mm. you could cross-process it and it would... Basically, up the contrast, and you, you maybe get half stop to a stop extra. Yeah. Um, but what a lot of people see now is like you know, and you you see quite often on the internet. Oh, you know, cross process Ektachrome will give you green tones, or you know, Fuji will give you more yellowish or or pink tones. But a lot of the time, you know, and when you when you develop it, if you look at the negatives, they are quite often that color. Mm. But what you're getting through in your scans is quite often on automated mini lab scans like the Noritsu. It's the machine trying to correct for it. Yeah. That's what causes the crazy colors. Yeah. Um, whereas what cross process was initially intended for is that you would take it in and you would white balance mm-hmm. and basically you would get a, a, a lovely, you know, the colors are still different. Yeah. You know, they're still interesting looking, but you will get a nice bump in contrast. Yeah. Grain will go up. Um, but you'll get and and you know really strong saturation as well. Yeah. So so that's you know that's what I think you know what the purist would say what, what the cross processing is for. Uh, yeah. Most of the effect you're seeing is is the scanner, you know, an automated scanner looking for an orange mask and not finding it. Yeah. So it depends what look people are going for because when you when you look on the internet. You know, it's all the crazy colour stuff, and people yeah. think that's what they might expect. Yeah, no, I mean, and that was my experience. So I, said, I had these very orange prints, and they, they look really funky, really cool. Yeah. And I scanned them in, and they look much more normal. I said to the point where, with a bit of effort in Lightroom, it's like, oh, I can colour correct these back to a slightly surreal normal. Yes. Yeah, not quite, but, but and, and then with those particular things, I went, I prefer this. Um, but, but yeah, it, it does seem that cross-processing has become just synonymous mm. with weird colours. As you said, nice things, do whatever you mm. want to, but yeah, there's interpretation of that. And it's, and it's similar, actually, on a lot of the um, like the special effect films, like the Yodica mm. and, the, and the other ones like that, um, and the Revlogs. Um, the trick with those, to get the colours that are intended, is I find that if I scan, you know, there are tricks on the Noritsu that you can turn off or colour yeah. correction if you 
dive deep into the menus. But I normally do those on the flex site because otherwise you, you know, if you're on automatic scanning systems, it will try and correct out those crazy colors. Yeah. Whereas in that case, you really do want them. So you yeah. want to scan it with no corrections on. So that's what I do for those, those types of films. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I, I, the whole subject is so interesting because, it's, like I said, there's so many people who have s- strong feelings. Maybe not so many. In, in the early days, it felt like there was a lot of strong feelings. You used to see a lot more of the hashtag no filter. Hashtag, it's like, yeah. Just, there's no such thing as no filter no on some, Somebody at some point is making a choice about how the image looks, whether it's you or whether it's the computer. Yes. It, it's some a choices are being made. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's always slightly baffled me this idea of oh no, I want my I want to reflect truly what you say. Well, that's I mean, that's, e, that's what E six is for, you know. That's, yeah, that's where you you get what you see. Yeah. Yes, because you really can't. The moment you tweak anything in that, yeah, it just goes sideways and looks terrible. Yeah, so you do the scans. <laughs> I do the flex I flex time <laughs> my pecs. I, I, I want pictures. I want marketing pictures of you. Oh, you just. <laughs> Squeezing it. With one in each hand. Yeah, exactly. You're just pumping iron. You need that on your website. Um, once they're scanned in, what's the next? Are, are you. Um, is there a service where people. You send files directly? Yes. Um, so so the, the, sta- the standard method is I, I will then send out and I'll upload them and send out a, tra- a link, a download transfer link mm-hmm. from Dropbox. Um, although I'm also, I've also just started up, um, which I might come on to, my subscription service. Mm-hmm. And a part of that service is just to, I just upload them to Dropbox so you can, and then you get a free Dropbox account and you can instantly see yeah. your images, um, which is quicker for me as well, actually, than mm-hmm. waiting for it to upload to create a link. Yeah, and so then, then after that, then all the negs, the sleeve. Obviously, there's print. I also do prints. Yeah. Um. So so any prints are made. So I've got um quite nice, um kind of mid range to h- higher range um Epson Sure Color printer. Mm-hmm. So so all my prints are uh, inkjet. You know, I it's, it's the high end inkjet. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a variety of nice papers that um, Ilford Switzerland make that I use um, you know it, it, there's so many lovely different finishes you can get now yeah. that, that mimic you know traditional darkroom paper yeah. so you can get the lovely matte finishes the lovely kind of like fiber based paper it's, yeah but I mean but the majority that I, that I offer customers are a, a, a nice heavyweight luster finish or a heavyweight gloss um, and so yeah, so I can create six by four, seven by five, uh, anything up to about eighteen inches uh, can be done on that large format printer. And so, and then at the end of that process, uh, all prints and eggs are sent back uh, first class post. So with the system as it well not as it has been. So let, let's put the subscription service to one side for mm-hmm. time being. So with the service as it has been up until this point, was it a case of if people wanted prints? They needed to specify that as part of their order, or were you getting in touch? Going, well, you know, here's the Dropbox links. Dropbox link. <laughs> Do you want any of these prints? How was it working before? Yeah, it was. It was mainly um, actually prints were probably low down on the on the agenda. Really, yeah. Um, it, it's only really since I've opened the lab, funnily enough, that 
that more and more people are wanting prints, which is great because you know that's what photography is about. Yeah. It's, it's the physical object. You know, you you start with analog, you might as well finish with an with something yeah, in your hand. You know, what's, yeah. Um, um, so you would normally so on the website you can order from from the very beginning. You can yeah. order either develop only, develop with scans on either of the scanners, or develop with prints and if you order develop with prints you get scans free yeah because uh, I have to obviously scan <laughs> yeah, exactly. in order to print using yeah. you know using this equipment um, well let's should we talk about this because this this okay. seems like a really good way to tie it in because um, <laughs> he's sneaking over so he can read the details of his website so he knows oh it's on the wrong page yeah. <laughs> are you going to see that from sitting over there no, <laughs> see that Especially without my glasses. Um, no, it's all seamlessly edited out. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know me well enough. No, that's a fair face. Okay, so you've mentioned it a couple of times. Okay, what is the subscription service? So that was the next thing, and it's it's something that's been on the back burner for about nine months now. Um, it's something that I wanted to offer. One of, like I say, one of the issues I've had running this on my own. Um, is that I can't predict how much film is going to come in and when. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my point of view, it was a way, way that I wanted to set up so I can predict how much film is going to come in and I can offer people a service tailored on on that amount of film coming in. So I yeah. can offer a turnaround based on if I know there's going to be 200 films this month, I know that I can offer them a more tailored turnaround time than what has been going with some weeks you might have 50 films in and then some, some weeks 50 films might come in a day in the yeah. post you know and you can't offer everyone the same turnaround if you've got 50 coming in in the day you no. know so so what the subscription service does um, is and there's various tiers is that in return for a monthly fee um, you can have either I think it's either three, four, or six <laughs> films, films yeah, yeah. developed uh, of any type. So they've only got four, they've only four films a month. Uh, silver is just three films. Go on, let's turn it around so you can actually turn it around. <laughs> um, so you've got the dev only subscription of, with four films a month. Uh, the silver subscription, um, which includes so the silver, gold, and platinum all include scans. Uh, silver at three films a month, gold at four, and platinum at six. And obviously they're at different price points. Um, but the benefit that the customer will get is that it's one standard price for whatever film type. So obviously at the moment, if you're on the normal service, E6 costs more than C41 because yeah. it takes longer and the chemical's more expensive. Yeah. Um, whereas on this, yeah, C41, E6 and black and white, all for one price. That's fantastic. Because I mean, but black and white is historically with a lot of, is a more expensive yes. one because it's... Because every film is a, di- t- yeah. a different time in the yeah. developer. You can put it all in together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> so, so all at one price. Um, and also, depending on tier, you get to specify which scanner you'd like on. So different tiers have different options for scanners, so the yeah. mirror or the flex type. Um, um, you can, on some tiers, you can choose your black and white developer for no extra cost. 
Um, I suppose the big one is because I know when the film's going to come in, uh, I can give a more tighter turnaround target. So, for instance, the dev only is a five-day turnaround, um, silver nine, gold seven, and platinum five. Mm-hmm. So, for example, on platinum top tier, you can get six films done and the turnaround will be five days to get yeah. any scans. Uh, my, my usual turnaround at the moment is about 10 to 12 days. Yeah. Um, just working with this small scale equipment, you know, that's, that is how long it takes. Yeah. Um, so that's a benefit. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, with the scans, you'll get the Dropbox subscription. So that, that's really a benefit for the customer. Um, in the, you know, these, these file sizes are quite big, there, especially off the FlexTite. Mm. And you might be running out of space you know, on your computer at home to store it. Yeah. Um, so basically, I'll archive, so as long as you're a subscriber, I'll archive all of your scans uh, on the Silverpan Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So you don't don't have to necessarily download anything. You can see everything instantly. Um, download what you want, safe in the knowledge that it's all backed up here. Um, so that's really helpful if, you know, two months down the line you think oh I really want a print of, yeah. of that leg yeah. I've, I've got it here for you and I can send the print out as opposed to you having to send the legs back yeah and I mean, scan them again that, that seems that seems to me like one of the really big advantages of this I mean there's, there's kind of a few things apart from just the, the organised and the, the bare bones what you get but as you mentioned earlier this thing of as you build a relationship with people you get to understand and figure out what they want in terms of what they're looking for so there's that that opportunity to really get a good relationship with you in terms of what people's negatives look like and what the scans look like but also yeah the fact that you can go okay i want this picture from that sounds just such a good thing to do yeah such a great thing to do too as you say i i I, that picture it'd be useful for this or i would train my wife or my mum these pictures online and they've got oh can I have that oh yeah sure let me just send this quick thing boop done. exactly yes um, yeah that's great that's really great and the and the other thing which I'm probably making a rod for my own back but mm. I, I, want, I wanted to, to think oh what would be the ultimate service you know if I, if I was sending off my film and I could have everything done for me in advance and come back exactly as I wanted it what would I do so yeah. there's, there's another there's another perk to the um, to the subscription services for well, for the ones with scans anyway, um, is the metadata. Um, so that's, you know, not, every, not everyone will want to use this, and, yeah. it's, and it's an optional service. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you quite, especially people that shoot a lot of film, sometimes, you know, you, you'll be looking back over Lightroom or, or Flickr or whatever, and you want to know, oh, I wish I could see all of my films that I took on Portra 160 or that yeah. I took on my Minolta X700. Yeah. And, of course... Traditionally, you haven't got that information. Yeah. Um, so as part of the subscriptions as well, if you want to, you, there's a, another form to fill in um, where you can put some very basic information about, you know, camera used, date shot, yeah. lens used, and any tags that you might want. Yeah. Um, you know, like X's birthday or whatever. I don't mean X's birthday. I don't mean, ex- <laughs> ex- <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I mean your X's birthday. I was thinking like, <laughs> that's weird that that's supposed to be popped into your head for sure carry yeah. on <laughs> Tiffany's birthday or, or you know or Cardiff trip or whatever uh-huh. and then so so when I do the scans I can fairly easily embed that information into mm. the scans so when you import it into Lightroom it'll be pre-populated 
so that is just like a little extra thing and for the top two tiers as well for instance you can have your your film set back in Kenroe sleeves as opposed to standard mm-hmm. ones so you can file them yeah easier. just come with the rings in them then they get yeah. it's, it's a small thing just but the it's... small things that yeah and and again with the very, with the two to to uh, to push the prints again <laughs> with the two higher tiers as well um with each month's negatives that are sent back, um, you can choose one of the images to have an A4 print off, and I'll send a print, a print yeah. of one image back just because yeah. it's nice to have a print. Yeah, no, that's lovely. I think I think it's a great idea. I mean, especially if you're somebody who is regularly sending film in mm. anyway, um, to be able to because it's, it's all right. One is a financial thing and about what you get, but two, it is about building that relationship. I know when we spoke to. Um, uh, Mike Crawford, who does the who does the the darkroom printing in London, and, yes, and asking him about how he does the prints for these and clients for galleries, whatever, and it, and it is about that relationship and about understanding what people are looking for. That you need to build that up. You can't if you get a random roll of film through from something. You you don't know how they want their no. things to look, whether it's with the processing of the the um, scans or with the prints you know it's yeah, a thing exactly. it's a personal thing it is and I mean, and all of these things people might be listening and thinking well why are you making metadata like a, a premium thing because it takes time oh it takes it does. everything takes time uh, you, you know I, I, must, I must admit if everyone goes for it it might sink me <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be cursed I'll be cursing the day I put that on um, <laughs> but you know I just thought it's just one of those little things yeah um yeah, it's just yeah, it's just about offering those little things, and like you say, with the personal thing, that's the bit about this job that I really, really enjoy. Is it's just I'm just getting to know people from you know repeat customers, and it's like I say, it's just such a lovely community, yeah, film community. I mean, only today, um, one of my customers, uh, Nicholas, sent me a zine free in the post. He said. I've just made this scene and you processed most of these images for me. I'll send it you for for free. I almost feel like it's a collaboration and it's it's just little things like that. Yeah. Really make my day. No, absolutely, absolutely. As you said, it's a it's a boutique operation you're running here and um it that's the kind of thing that you get to do. You get yeah. To, yeah, yeah, I think that's really special. What's the um well, that's actually the one you just listed is a pretty good example. But have there been any things that you've had come through over the last year that have really like gone, huh, okay. Actually, before we move on, oh, I'll tell you, talk to me about black and white slides. Because we stuck a pin in black and white slides earlier. And we didn't. Oh, we didn't like, return to We never we returned just to We just waffled it. on, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, listen, these are very comfortable for each other. Oh, yeah, black and white slides. So, again, that's, that's a real speciality. Um, and, again, it's... It's a very tricky process. Uh, it's a very, very time-consuming process. But again, I mean, I don't think there's anywhere else. But Nick and Trip might do it, potentially, I think. Um, but I think there's very, very few people, labs, mm. that develop it. It's, it's almost like something that, that people would, would do it at home. Um, there's, there's a big lab in Germany that does it. Um, and there's DR5 in America. Mm. Um, but seeing a black and white slide is a beautiful thing, mm. uh, pro- especially projected, but uh, but even on the light table. Yeah. So I know you mentioned Scala earlier. Mm. So are these black and white slides from 
this is probably a stupid question from Black and White Slide Film because I have also read, seen that there are now ways of making black and white slides out of standard negative as well. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And the, the trick is that virtually any black and white film can be made into black and white slides. Um, all, all it is, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a slightly different, they're just processed in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but some films, as, uh, as with all things, some films are better than others. So right. particularly the ADOX scalar films, um, 50 and 160, yeah. which are actually the same films as HR 50 and Silvermax, just marketed differently. Right. Well, but, they're, but they're upfront about that on the website. Yeah. And there's another one, Fomapan R. Um, so those are specifically marketed as black and white slide films. But the main thing about them is that they've got a clear base and they've got high silver content. Yeah. So that's what makes them suitable of getting a, a nice contrasty, you know, good slide. Yeah. But all the so the process is it goes through a, a very long first development process. And again, it's trial and error because every single black and white film will have a different t- optimum time in that first developer. Mm-hmm. And very little of this is published at all. Yeah. A lot of the developers you have to mix up from scratch. You can buy kits. Um, and then at the end, so basically all of the silver in the negative is, is developed to, you know, if you were developing a normal black and white negative, that would be completely toasted, mm-hmm. overdeveloped. Um, so you get to that stage and then it goes through a bleach bath, which then bleaches all of the developed silver out. So you're left with only, sorry, in the same process as E6, you're developed you're left with what wasn't exposed, if that makes sense. Okay. And then, very similar to E6, you either use a fogging bath, or what I do is expose it to light uh, under the enlarger for two minutes to then develop everything that was left, so the neg- the positive or the negative the positive, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then that is then developed again as a normal black and white negative, but you've developed the negative of the negative, so you end up with a positive. Um, but it's, yes, yeah, so that whole process te- from start to finish takes about an hour and a half to two hours. So, hence, it's the most expensive thing on the list. Yeah. And again, you know, it's I only run that process once a month. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, is that also included in your all films? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm afraid that, that's an extra. Because, no, that, yeah. that seems fair enough. I mean, that is... Uh, um, I suppose are people... Do- Doing it to project them? I mean, I guess yeah, some, some people do. I have people that, you know, slideshows are back in fashion, you know. Uh, um, but also it's just... They? <laughs> yeah, well, no, Should they not, be? Not, not <laughs> um, but also, you know, and, and, and the, the classic thing, of course, um, you can do it with 120 as well. So yeah. there's no 120 film marketed as slide film, mm. but in particular, Raleigh Super Pan 200 is an excellent one to choose yeah. um, for making 120 slides. So you can imagine if you've got like a 6x7 neg, well, positive on the light table as it is with an E6 slide, it's beautiful to look at. Yeah. You know, so people just like it because it's different I no think, no you know? I mean I, I know I can't believe we talked about this before or after we started recording it's been a while now but we talked about the fact that you don't you're not currently doing 4x5 no um, but imagine what they'd look like they'd oh look, yeah they'd look real nice wouldn't they would look real they nice they would look nice yeah so, things for the future I mean that's a good lead in actually to 
what what where next? You've got this space. What do you? I mean, the subscription service is a really big thing to have just launched. I mean, being yeah. in your own shop is a really big thing. It's yes. been a pretty big yeah. year anyway. But what's next? Where do you see it growing to next? Or are you? Would you rather just <laughs> draw breath for five minutes? Next. Where do you this twenty-two days? I know that's great. But what have you done for us lately? Come on. <laughs> no. Well, I, I think. Yeah, on, on a personal level, it's let's see this out the next year. And like, like I say, with with um, with Kat, Justine, and Louise working for me, I'm just I'm so looking forward to because we we've only you know with, with the current restrictions and with time off and things like that, we've only really been working together in the in the space together all together as you know as the four of us. I think once or twice. Mm. So I'm really looking forward in in the months to come. In, in getting that bit of this business working, so getting the turnaround down a bit, like I say, it's never, it's never, I'm never going to be quick. I'm never going to be quick. I'll just put it out there that I'm not going to make a rod for my own back. Mm. Um, not another one. No. <laughs> you know, because I, I like using this small equipment and offering this type of service. And I think if I had to go to, you know, the next step would be, and I looked into it, it's like buy a mini lab and, mm. you know, buy it by big, you know, mini lab with with a printer on, you know, and yeah. do RA for prints, you know, but I'm not sure that that's the, the model that I want to do yet. So mm. I want to I want to keep it like this. Run let's run let's run this for the next nine months to a year and see and see how it plays out. Really, yeah. We did mention earlier before the recording about the fact that obviously you're in a little shop, but you're not selling it yes, yet. Yeah. Um, and you said you might. Yeah, you might look into doing some because if you're posting film back to of people, course. it seems like the perfect time to post some film with that. Um, so that might be coming. Hopefully, I, I think I think so. Like I say, and I've already, it's been amazing since I've opened this shop. Um, you know, I've, in the first week, I had six or seven people. One one person from next door <laughs> popped in and said, "I can't believe." The film lab is open up next door to my house. In I'm 2020. Mad on, I'm mad on cameras and films. Here, yeah, develop my films. And then someone else did from like three doors down. Yeah. And then the, the amount of people that are in the woodworks, some people from Bristol that are, you know, traditionally had been processing their films mail order. Yeah. And then others that completely new customers and they, they just pop in and it's fantastic, you know. Yeah. So, so I do offer that service, but I'm, I'm still order online. Um, you know, I, just the way I'm running at the moment, I'm not I'm not set up as a shop, but you yeah. can drop your film off and you can pick it up if, yeah. if you like, but order online first. Um, but yes, I could totally, you know, branch out into to say Should totally. some some of the more weird and wonderful films maybe that you, you can't yeah. pick up other places. If you're sending film in, you're creating a film-shaped hole in your fridge yes. that needs filling back up. Yes. And I mean, listen, you know. Especially maybe some of the vision films, you know. I yeah. Yeah, you, you, know, you do the whole dead service and everything like yeah. that for it. Oh, um, talking of vision, we're off on a tangent again, but I fi- I've finally got an account with Kodak after, as a big, after years. Big bottle of and EC2 I, and, and I finally ECM2. got I finally got ECM2 chemicals as that are you know as they are supplied to the big cinema film labs, and it comes in a bottle enough to make one hundred liters, which I think I lost you a while would. 
lasting well it, well it will go off shelf life going. of three months three months <laughs> <laughs> that, that's basically enough to keep me going for about three years that yeah. will do about 800 films in that one bottle how how do you as the professional in this uh, situation how do you deal with the ramjet on it because I'm always there's loads of different ways of dealing with ramjet I've so far only ever developed one um, ECN2 film. I just did it in C41, which is not the correct chemical, but it was all it's right. Fine. Fine. It was it fine, but, you, but you do get a different color cast from it, from doing yeah. it in a, you know, so if you can get it done by your quality lab, like Silfan, um, in the proper chemicals, you're going to get that cinema look more. Um, but I made a real dog stealer with the ramjet. Um, how do you remove the ramjet on yours? Well, you see, um the correct pre-bath, which is an alkaline bath um, that Kodak make, and you, you can buy online as well and buy from various shops. I mean, it's, it's basically sodium carbonate, so you yeah. get some other additives, I think. Um, but it basically, so everything gets warmed up to the correct temperatures, and then before processing um, in the Jobo, obviously the, the Jobo is a daylight tank, so you can, you can do it in the light. Um, you fill it up with pre-bath, um, um, basically, I rotate it in the Jobo for only for about twenty seconds, and then you tip that out, and then fill in with warm water. Back in the Jobo, rotate another twenty seconds. Pour that water out; it will be black. Um, and do that another two or three times until the water starts to come out. Uh, normally, comes out pink because it's the start of the the normal dye in the film coming yeah. out, which is a normal thing. Um, and then you can can continue then with the with the normal development process. So then, like say with ECM two, it's it's actually developer at forty one degrees, and then a stop bath, uh, and then a bleach and fix. Yeah. And then at, at the end of it, it should um, when you hang the film up, then it should be you know probably ninety percent of the rem jet is is gone just through that, but you will have something remaining. So I hang it up with a peg at the bottom, get a a clean um, microfiber cloth or even a. You know, at home you can use a, a clean paper towel, mm-hmm. um, soaked in stabilizer or final wash, mm-hmm. and just with with a pad of that, just clean down just the base side of the film because that's the only side that should have a rem jet on. Um, just wipe that down, and you'll see you'll have you'll have some um, sooty streaks in there. Discard that cloth. Dip a fresh cloth each time, and after about three or four wipes, you should be wiping and be completely clean. And there you are. Sounds but, you know, you know, you can you can never guarantee that absolutely every speck is gone. Um, yeah. But that will get rid of ninety nine percent. Yeah. At that stage. No, that's great. I know I've got a couple of roles that I need to use, but um, but yeah, it's fun stuff, and I, and I know that I think that a lot of people don't use it because it's not super widely available, no, and also no, just no. the idea. But the remjet is off-putting to people. I mean, and it's a colour film, so there are a few people developing colour films yeah. and there are other developing black and white. Um, but yeah, to have the full turnaround service and stuff like that, yeah, it'd be great. Um, before I leave you in peace to shut yeah. up shop and go home, one of the things that uh, I, very personally, was very excited to get wind of is, because um, listeners may not know, that Duncan is part of the band uh, Schnauzer, who uh, hopefully everybody knows does the music <laughs> for backing paper, the fabulous music for backing paper. Um, and I understand more music on its way soon. Yes, you you just making new well, stuff. You know, yeah, I won't say soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, new, new album is being recorded as we speak. Um, so that's been a challenge under lockdown. So it's oh, gosh, yeah. been very different recording 
um, Chris. We haven't all been in a room together um, probably since Feb- Feb- early February was probably the last rehearsal we had. So, so this, you know, we, we would, we'd made a start on the album at that point, um, but we're doing it all ourselves this time round. Um, yes, yeah, so it's been tuned and framed between all of us and adding our bits separately at home. Kind of thing. It's a good you've got a room for your Hammond organ it now. It's really good, yeah. It's not big as a Hammond organ. I have no concept of how Huge. Big. Sideboard. <laughs> sideboard sized. Nice. Sideboard sized and weighs the same as half a Ford Capri, I would say. <laughs> That's very specific. Uh, and equally tasteful. <laughs> That's great. And and I mean, what... Because the, the Yuchnaz's um, music style, it's evolved over the years. What can we... Yeah. What's it going to be like? We, what can we look forward to? Is it more insanity a la the last style? I, I think it's this latest one. It's a bit more poppy, actually. Oh, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's more of a pop album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But it's... Yeah, it's still got plenty of... Uh, Plenty of weirdness in there. Um, one song called Bistro about um, a weird dream Jasper had where um, waitress is, is inflating sushi inside a swimming pool. Um, you know, just, just standard, standard boy musical love song. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and that song called Do the Death, which which actually was, was written before all of this <laughs> issue came about. Um, and yeah, also, also, really. That's but a, yeah, more of a, more of a maybe slightly more accessible, but still weird. Uh, this, this some of the you, this stuff's been very, very I mean, more um, saxophone. With right. saxophone, more saxophone. With, uh, listen, saxophone makes everything better. It does. Um, but I have to say, because I've been listening to with trying to get organised for the stuff going on with Sony 16 Presents and trying to think of, okay what music can we be using for stuff and stuff and also just because it's great I've been listening to a lot of Schnapps lately yeah. and, um, <laughs> I, and, I, and I've got I, and I have to recommend this because it is it is very accessible it's a really great poppy song I can't remember what album it's from you can tell me if you want but the song Good Looking Boy um, oh yeah it's a great pop song it's a complete earworm that's in my head and also the video for it is great because it's got some great 8-bit like graphics I, I, oh, it was... the song is about um, Al remembering when he was you know when he was a, t- a teenager being the big <laughs> with his words being the biggest boy in the, in the class like just obsessed with the ZX Spectrum mm. and not not being any good with girls <laughs> well I, I said he would kill me for saying that he's, he's got on record it's about um, yes so it's so it's got plenty of ZX Spectrum sound effects and the video was all again the geeks that we are I, oh, I remember doing that video and actually program getting my old spectrum out and programming a loading screen yeah to use in the video it was great <laughs> I can't I, it's really bugging me now because I can't remember the exact line but there's a great loading screen a great screen in the beginning because it's like a this sort of this adventure game is playing, yeah. uh, and there's something like uh, the, the the premise for the adventure game is this kid who's had an unfortunate incident of explosive diarrhea or something along there. Oh yeah, it was, I was like, oh okay, we're all, we're all on board here. Um, it's great. So yeah, do go and check out Schnauzer's music because it's Thank great. You. It's really good, and I'm, I look forward Cheers, to hearing great. it soon. Thanks. Duncan, it's an absolute delight to come here and see you in your space. Oh, that's nice to see you too. Um, it's always nice. And I wish you every success for everything going on. So for people who are not lucky enough to be sat here in your little shop, um, where do they need to go online to find you? Uh, it's quite simple. It's silverpan.co.uk and on most social media, on, on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's Silverpan Lab, I 
thing. <laughs> you'll find it, you'll get it. And, and also, because next month, uh, along with a lot of great people from the Analog community, I'll be participating in the photography show online event as well. Sounds good, so sounds good. Duncan, thank you so much. Uh, oh, that'll do us. I'm going to have to go home now, which is a bit sad, really. Um, as you listen to this, listeners, Sunny 16 Presents will now have been live for over a week. Um, as I speak now on Monday, we've got our shirt from uh, John and Dan Kay, the Dark Obsessions. We've also got our first listener audio from our good friend and occasional worst enemy, Jeremy Nor, um, <laughs> whose most famous interaction with us recently, as far as I'm concerned, is the lovely one star of you. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we've got some great... Uh, he recorded some stuff for us back at the beginning of the year where he was out shooting large format with Edward Bick. And it was great because it was the first time either of them had been out with a large format camera. And it's just nice hearing people figuring it out. Um, yeah. So that was good. So that's out. And also by the time you listen to this, um, the first on-film show will be out, which is Claire Marie Bailey's... Um, oh, yes, show. excellent. Uh, and that's really good. I sat in on that one. I was, <laughs> I was the idiot in the room in that one. Um, but uh, Claire Marie Bailey and Jeff Greenstein, who both know an awful lot about movies in general and that film oh, in particular. Blur. So please, if you haven't already, go and check it out now. Um, the podcast should now be available wherever you get average podcasts. <laughs> average to mediocre podcast um, we would love if you could check it out until next time thank you very much Duncan thank you Ken and goodbye thank you goodbye everyone